The zodiac of the month of Sivan, the third month of the year. What is the meaning of Sivan and the number of the third month and the zodiac and the letter, the tribe of the month, the limb of the month, the attribute of the month, and to understand the permutation of the month. First and foremost, the month of Sivan is called Sivan. What does Sivan mean? So there are two basic interpretations. One is that the Samach gets exchanged for the Zion. There are five organs of articulation, and therefore the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet are categorized in each of those sections. And one of the sections of articulation, you have the section of Zeis Sheretz, and there the Zayin and the Samach could be exchanged one for the other. So instead of calling it the month of Sivan, we can call it the month of Zivan, which means the month of rays, the rays of the Torah and the light of the Torah that was brought into the world in this month, the month of the giving of the Torah. Another interpretation for Sivan is that the word Sivan itself means to see, which means the revelation of Sinai when we saw God giving us the Torah. That is the month of Sivan, the month of the rays of the lights of the revelation of the Torah. What is the number of the month? It's the third month of the year beginning from Nisan, which is the first month of the year. What does the number three represent? So number one is that the Torah, even though it's one Torah by one God to his one chosen people, one would have thought that God would give the Torah in the first month of the year, yet God chose the third month of the year. And the Gemara goes on to connect the number three to the giving of the Torah by telling us it was the third month, it was the third day after separation of husband and wife. It was given through a third child, Moses. It was given to the Jewish people that are divided into three groups, Kohanim, Levim, Yisraelim. The Torah itself is divided into three parts. The five books of Moses and the prophets and the writings, which is called Tanakh, Torah, Nevi'im, Ksuvim. So the question comes to mind, what is the connection between the number three and the Torah? And to this, the Rebbe has a beautiful insight, and he says, it's really the concept of unity in the midst of diversity. In other words, Torah is not only for the elite. Torah is not only for the spiritual. Torah is not only for those that are godly. But rather, Torah is for everyone. In other words, on one hand... A person goes to yeshiva, he studies Torah from his very young age, and all he is taught is that God is everywhere and, and the world is holy, and make a bracha before you eat, etc., etc. All of a sudden, he goes into the real world, he goes into the business world, and everything that he learned is upside down. Where's the ethics? Where's the values? Where's God? Where's Torah? Where's Judaism? So now there's a contradiction. There's a war. 
There is God and the world, and seemingly you have to make a choice. Either I go to God, either I go to Torah, either I go to Yiddish guide, or I give that up for the business world, for my career, for my success, etc., etc. And therefore the Torah was given in the third month to tell us there is no contradiction. The number three represents unity. When there are two people fighting in court, or when you go to a Beth Dean of three rabbis, one rabbi says he's guilty, the other one says he's not guilty, comes the third rabbi and makes peace between the two rabbis, and they come out with a verdict. So three represents shalom. Three represents the idea of peace, to create a unity amongst diversity. In other words, the Torah was given primarily in the third month to teach us that even if we see a world of chaos, and even if we see a world of diversity and divisiveness, and a world that is contradictory to the laws of Torah, we have to search deeper and try harder and seek more, and then God will give us the ability to really find this unity, this thread that compromises and unites the entire world with God. The Zohar tells us, that God first looked into the Torah and then He created the universe. In other words, the blueprint of the world is the Torah. And therefore, the Kabbalah says that Alpayim Shana the world was preceded by the Torah 2,000 years. The, the Torah came 2,000 years before creation. If that is the case, that God first created the Torah, and then He looked into the Torah and He created the world, there cannot be anything in creation that is contradictory to Torah. No doubt there are challenges, and no doubt there are, there are obstacles. But ultimately, the world and Torah are truly one. And that is why God gave us the Torah in the third month of the year. This is what the Rebbe explains pertaining to the number three. What is the zodiac of the month? The zodiac of Sivan is the zodiac of Tu'umim. In Hebrew or in English, it is Gemini. What does that mean? That means twins. What is the twin of this month? There are many ways to understand this. Number one is the Bnei Yisachar says that the twin represents the Jews and God. This was the marriage between God and the Jewish people. So God and the Jewish people became one. The idea of twins is actually explained in Kabbalah, that, that Izal tells us that man and wife are truly two halves that become a whole. It's like twins. They're in the same womb together, and they are separated at birth. The, the man goes one way, and the woman goes the other way, and then under the chuppah they come together when they get married. And that is why a wedding is so joyous, because of the fact that you are now being reunited with, with your soulmate that you lost 25 years ago. Can you imagine you had a diamond? And for 25 years you're looking for that diamond and finally you find it. You'll be very excited. And so too when you come together under the chuppah you are finding your soulmate that you lost at birth and now is being reunited to you. And that is the idea of Gemini, that the Jews and God became one even though already from the beginning of creation it was known that God would choose the Jewish people. 
and already God chose Avram. But when did they solidify this, this relationship under the mountain of Sinai when the God gave us the Torah? And that is the idea of Gemini. Another interpretation is that Gemini represents twins, alluding to the two aspects of Torah, the written Torah and the oral Torah. And that one complements the other. You cannot have one without the other. If you read the written Torah alone, you don't understand the laws. It says keep Shabbos. What does it mean to keep Shabbos? It says put on tefillin. What is tefillin? The only way we understand it is through the oral law. And therefore, we need both the oral law and we need also the written law. Another approach could be Nigla and Chsidis, the revealed Torah and the concealed Torah. The revealed Torah is the body of the Torah. The concealed Torah, which is Chsidis and Kabbalah, is the soul of the Torah. A body without a soul is dead, and a soul without a body cannot perform a mitzvah. Each one needs the other. And so again you have Gemini. Another approach could be that these twins allude to the Luchos themselves, the actual Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were written not on one stone, but rather two stones, five and five. Comes along the, the Zodiac to teach us that they are equal, one with the other. Even though on the first stone you have the first five commandments that has a lot of words, on the second stone you have few words, yet the Luchot are equal, the Gemini. And furthermore, the first five commandments are the laws between man and God. The second five commandments are between man and man. One may think, well, the first five are very important between man and God. That's the important ones. Between man and man, not so important. Comes along the zodiac and says, no, it's twins. They complement one the other. If you don't respect another person, you don't respect another Jew, then God doesn't want to talk to you. And simply, if you are only man to man, and you don't follow the laws of Torah between man and God, you are also incomplete. And therefore you need both of these things to have the complete connection. And that is the Gemini. What is the letter of the month? The letter of the month of Sivan is the Zayin. The Zayin is the seventh letter in the olive base. It also has the gematria of seven. What does seven have to do with the giving of the Torah? Many, many things. Number one is Moshe Rabbeinu. Moses was the seventh. And the Medrash tells us, Kol the seventh is beloved. And because Moshe Rabbeinu was the seventh, therefore he was the one that was beloved and chosen by God to give the Torah to the Jewish people. He was the seventh generation from Abraham. Furthermore, the Torah was given when? On the seventh day of the week. As the Gemara says, everybody agrees that the Torah was given on Shabbat, on the Shabbos, which is the seventh day of the week. Furthermore, the Torah is also made up of not only five books, but in truth made up of seven books. In the book of Numbers, 
it's actually divided into three. So you have Bereshish, Shemoyz, Vayikra, the first three books, then the fourth book is another three, and then you have the fifth book. So you have three, six, and seven. The seven books of the Torah are the seven books of Moses. The seven alludes to how the Torah impacts and communicates and teaches us how to deal with the everyday world that was created in seven days. The number five alludes to spirituality. And that is one who is studying Torah. But now to apply Torah, the applied Torah is represented by the number seven. <clears throat> Furthermore, the Zayin itself, the letter Zayin in Kabbalah, alludes to the Sephira, the attribute of Tiferes. Tiferes is beauty. Now, one would ask, how does Tiferes connect with Zayin? Zayin is seven, and Tiferes is the third attribute. And the answer is, when we start from Keser, which are the crown, and then Chachma, Bina, Das, intellect, understanding, and knowledge, then we go to the Midot, the, the emotions, which is Chesed, Gevura, Tiferes. Tiferes is now seven from the Keser, from the crown. What is the connection between Tiferes, beauty, and the Torah? One of the answers to that is that when God created the world, He created six days. Each day also represents 1,000 years. In other words, He created the history for the 6,000 years of creation. And therefore on day three, which was Tuesday, He created the third thousandth year. The Torah was given in the third millennia. The year 2448 on the Jewish calendar. So therefore, the, the third day of the week is the attribute of Tiferes, beauty. Beauty means more than one color. And similarly in the Torah, you have Tiferes, you have things that you can do and things that you cannot do. There are pros and there are cons. There are 248 positive commandments and 365 negative commandments. And that is the illusion of Tiferes how it connects to Torah. Furthermore, of the three patri, pre, patriarchs, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, we are told that Avram represents kindness. Yitzchak represents prayer. Yaakov represents the study of Torah. Yaakov Ishtam, he was a man of the tent, Yeshev Oyel, and he was a complete person. He was called the Bechir Shabbos, the chosen of the fathers. What is the gematria of Yaakov? The gematria of Yaakov is 182. 182 is seven times the name of God. Seven times 26. God's name is 26. The tetragrammaton Yudke Vavke equals 26. Seven times 26 is 182. For Yaakov represents the Torah. The seven books of the Torah and how they apply into the house of Lavan. Not only when he was sitting in yeshiva, which is five, but he had the ability to bring the Torah down into seven, into the seven days of the week, including the six work days, 
in the house of Lavan, and therefore when he came out of the house of Lavan, he said, Im Lavan Garti, Mitzvah even though I was in the house of Lavan. And Lavan was a swindler, and he was a liar, and he was a tricker, etc., etc. Still in all, I kept the entire Torah. The number seven. The letter Zion. From the letter of the month, we go to the tribe of the month. The tribe of the month is Zavulon. Zavulon starts with a Zion. What was Zavulon? Zavulon was the supporters of the Torah. Yisachar and Zavulon were two brothers and they had a deal. Yisachar would study Torah all day and Zavulon would go and work. And they would split the prophets. Zavulon would support Yisachar. And even though Yisachar was older, Zavulon is mentioned first when it comes to the blessings. Because, why? Without Zavulon you cannot have Yisachar. Without the supporters of Torah, you cannot have the study of Torah. If you want to have a yeshiva, if you want to have a kolel, if you want to have Jewish children studying Torah, you need the partners in Torah to be able to support the children and, and, the, and the adults and those people who are studying in kolel to be able to learn and have bread on their table at the same time. And by the fact that you support the study of Torah, God pays you back many times over. And not only are you equal to those who study Torah, but you perceive them because you support them. And that is Zavulun here in the month of Sivan. So each of these aspects complement one the other. On one hand, Sivan represents the month that God gave the Torah to the Jewish people. On the other hand, at the same time, He provides us with Zavulun in this month to be able to support and pay for those who need to learn Torah, to support the yeshivas and the yeshiva students. Furthermore, Zuvulin is also connected with the number seven because Zuvulin was involved with Pramaktya. Pramaktya means to do business. Zavulun was involved in doing business and he did a lot of export and import. He was on the, the, uh, the shores and in the boats. And therefore, many nations of the world would come to the ports and Zavulun would bring these people to Jerusalem. So Zavulun, when he would do business with the nations of the world, he would teach them the seven Noahide laws. And these seven Noahide laws were also given on Sinai, which is another reason why the, the letter of the month is seven, to imply that not only was the 613 commandments given to the Jewish people on Sinai, or the, the Aseret Adibros, the ten commandments, but also the seven Noahide laws were also transmitted on this mountain in the month of Sivan. And primarily... The people on the forefront was Zavulun. Furthermore, it goes on to say, being that he was involved with Prakmatya, being that he was involved with, with business, and he brought these nations and merchants through his commerce into Jerusalem, many of them would also convert to Judaism. 
But that is not the, the goal and the objective of a Jew to convert someone who's not Jewish. If you want to convert, then of course you are beloved and you have to love the convert even more than the Jew. But there's no mission to go and convert. Why? Because we believe that every human being is created in the image of God, and therefore every person can fulfill their mission by being good and doing their mission in this world. In other words, a non-Jew could be a Noahide and follow the seven Noahide laws, and by doing so, making the world a beautiful place and a place where God can dwell. What is the limb of the month? The limb of the month is the left foot. As it says in the Torah, On this day they came to Mount Sinai. On the first day of Sivan, the Jewish people came to Mount Sinai. How do you come? You need to have two feet. We spoke pertaining to the month of Nisan, that the month of Nisan represents the right foot. When you only have one foot, the right foot, you could jump. And that's why Pesach is a time of a quantum leap. You could hop. When you hop, you don't hop slowly, you hop fast. And you jump far. When you have two feet, you have more balance. And therefore, it's a, it's a slower walk, but it's a steadier walk. In other words, they jumped out of Egypt, but yet it wasn't stable. When it came to Shavuos, and now they had the right foot and the left foot, there was stability. We know that the uh, holidays of the Torah are called regolim. They are called the feet. The basic reason why regolim, the three major holidays, are called feet, regolim, is because this was the time that the Jews would make a pilgrimage. They would travel with their feet, many of them from their towns, from their cities, and from their villages, and they would walk to Yerushalayim, to Jerusalem, to spend time there in the Holy Temple for the major holidays, Passover, Shavuos, and Sukkot. But on a deeper level, the idea of regel, foot, alludes to the idea of kabolas oil, which means to accept the yoke of God unconditionally. In contrast to the head, which represents intellect, Therefore, everything has to be understood. If it's not understood, I'm not going to do it. Even if I do understand it, it doesn't mean I want to do it. I have to decide if I will do it and when I will do it. However, the feet represent one who is totally dedicated to the will of God. And therefore, all of these holidays are connected, besides the theme of the holiday, also to the feet of the holiday. Because you have to temper and, and incorporate the quality of feet, which is accepting God's will with all of these holidays. Primarily, this concept is connected with Shavuos more than all the other holidays. As we find that Moses says, Sheish elef ragli Moshe says there are six 100,000 feet in the people of Israel, that I am amongst them. Hasidus says, Anoichi, I, alludes to Anoichi, I of the Ten Commandments. 
which is the essence of God. Furthermore, in the Anoichi, you have not only the first word, but you have the entire Ten Commandments, and you have the entire Torah. It's found within the word Anoichi. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu was saying that through the feet, through having self-sacrifice, through being totally dedicated unconditionally by accepting the yoke of God, then one can truly comprehend and understand and internalize the Torah. You cannot comprehend an infinite Torah with a finite mind. The only way one can truly internalize and comprehend and appreciate God's infinite wisdom, which is found in the Torah, which is also an infinite Torah, is by the fact that one has the idea of the foot alluding to accepting God's will unconditionally. And that is why Shavuos, more than any other holiday, which is the holiday that God gave us the Torah, He gave us the Ten Commandments, which starts with the word Anoichi, I am. This is the holiday that we need to truly express and activate the quality of foot, which is accepting the yoke of God unconditionally. And that is why when the Jewish people received the Torah, or prior to the receiving of the Torah, they said, We will first do, and then we will listen. In other words, we first accept upon ourselves God's Torah, Kabbalah's Ur Malchushamayim, the yoke of God, and then we will begin to understand what God is teaching us in the Torah. So this is the idea of the left foot, alluding to the holiday of Shavuos, which is the prerequisite to receive the Torah. What is the attribute of the month? The attribute of the month is motion. Motion is to move, to walk. So first and foremost, the Torah is not only a book of history, but the Torah is also a book of law. Law in Hebrew is called halachot. Halachot means to travel. In other words, that in order for one to truly move in the realm of Yiddishkeit and to move from one level to the other, they have to follow the laws of the Torah. Through the laws of the Torah, one will have the ability to acquire higher levels. So therefore, when you study the five books of Moses, you don't know the halachot, you don't know the laws. Here, we need the oral law, the Gemara, the Mishnah, and the teachings of, of Kabbalah and Chassidus to give us the halachot, to give us the path that we should take so that we can travel in the aura of the Torah. Furthermore, the Rambam tells us something very interesting. The Rambam says at the end of the laws of Hanukkah, he goes on to say that the entire Torah was given to make peace, shalom, in the world. And he quotes the Pasuk from Mishlei, 
that says that the ways of Torah are darchi noyam, are pleasant. The ways of Torah are pleasant. And all its paths are peace. So the question comes to mind if the Ramam wants to tell us that the whole purpose of why Torah came to the world was for the sake of peace, he should have quoted only the last part of the verse. And all his pathways are peaceful. Why must he also quote the first part of the Pasuk? Its roads are roads of pleasantness, which seemingly does not answer the question of how Torah is peaceful. But the answer is as follows. And here too the Rebbe explains it like this. We can understand this on two levels. There is derech, and there is the nitziv. A derech is a wide road. The seha is a small path. There are two parts of Torah. There's the wide part of Torah, and then there is the thin part of Torah, the narrow part of Torah. The wide part of Torah alludes to the 613 commandments. And this was given to the Jewish people. This is noyan, this is very pleasant. However, the paths of Torah, which are less, alluding to the seven Noahide laws, this will bring true peace for the entire world. And the entire reason why God gave the Torah was to bring peace into the world, implying that it's not enough that the Jewish people will follow the 613 commandments of the Torah, but on the contrary, the ultimate objective is that the entire world will follow the seven Noahide laws, and then the world will be at peace, will be shalom. Another approach is that they both allude to the Jewish people, and that in the life of a Jew you have two paths. There's the path of derech, a wide path, and then there's the path of nesiv, a, a, a narrow path. The derech, which is a, a wide road, this represents the mitzvos the commandments between man and God. And there are many, many commandments between man and God. But then you also have the uh, narrow path. These are the mitzvahs and the conduct that a Jew does that are similar to the nations of the world. And one of them is marriage. The nations of the world get married and Jews get married. However, when a Jew follows Torah, then his marriage is a marriage of shalom, is peace. In other words, that the entire Torah was given. Not so much that we should follow the mitzvot that are spiritual, which that is a given, but the ultimate challenge and the ultimate obstacle and the ultimate purpose of why the Torah was given was not only to make the synagogue a holy place, but to make your home a holy place. Not only to make the yeshiva a holy place, but to make your business a holy place. Even the sivaseha, even the paths, which are narrow, which are things that are similar to all of the nations of the world, here too one must inculcate 
and pervade with the teachings of Torah. And by doing so, you have peace, you have shalom in your home. And here we see the importance of shalom bayis, of treating your spouse with dignity and with respect and with love. And that the entire Torah was given for this purpose, to bring shalom, to bring peace into the home. What is the permutation of the month? The permutation for the month of Sivan is Yud, Vav, He, and He. And these four letters of God's name are found in the book of Exodus. And it says, Yudesav Ulutzella HaMishkan HaShenis. Implying the building of the Mishkan in the desert. Our rabbis tell us that when the Holy Temple was destroyed, where is God found? In the four cubits of the study of Torah. When a Jew opens up a Chumish, he opens up a Gomorrah, he opens up a Ramba, he opens up a Tanya, he opens up a Lakut he opens up a Sefer Memoriam, etc., etc., and he learns Torah, this is the way that one has the ability to communicate with God and to feel God's presence and to feel God's Shekhinah. And then you have Sivan. And then you see the rays of the Torah. And you have the revelation of God even in your own home and even in the privacy of your own office. One has the ability to truly connect with God. So the month of Sivan is a month of tremendous light, tremendous revelation, a month of tremendous peace and harmony to make peace with yourself between your godly soul and your animal soul to make peace between you and your spouse and to make peace between man and God we hope and pray to see the ultimate revelation with the coming of Mashiach as it says that even though Torah will never be changed and the laws will never be changed but the way we understand Torah will be much more profound and the revelations of Kabbalah and Hasidus will be in a very, very visual and actual way with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days.